everybody. Welcome to episode 142 of the Youth Ministry Booster Podcast. This is an exciting interview episode with our good friend, Jeremy Gilmore. Uh, he is not just a friend of the podcast. He is a personal friend of mine from seminary days. And so for all my folks that have gone to seminary, you know what it's like to have the friends that served with you in the classes, that labored with you, that cried with you, that celebrated with you over papers, tests, exams, and the big questions of his ministry even worth it? Is this my call? Is this the thing I'm supposed to be doing? The reason that we have Jeremy on the podcast this week is because August 27th, Jeremy is going to be with us on the Youth Ministry Booster Network. It's our coaching platform. It's our community platform. You've got to check it out. You've got to see it to believe it. There's resources, mastermind groups, and learning webinars. There's chances to engage and learn from really great people like Jeremy. He is a CPE certified and coordinator for a hospital in North Carolina, and I think his education and work in youth ministry are the perfect blend of bringing two things together for youth ministers today that are working with students that are influenced by trauma and have big questions about how enduring suffering, enduring consequences matter for young people. You got to check it out. It's Monday night, August 27th. You want to hang out with him and for all of our members in the network, we're going to post those recordings for you to check out later if you missed the live recording. But one more thing for you is our friend Ben over at youthmen.org posted a really great Facebook status about failed at the movies summer series or movie fail series. And if you haven't checked it out, go on the Booster fan page or the youthmen.org group and you can check out where to post there. There'll be details in the show notes below. But next week, we're going to announce a winner that gets an Amazon gift card for playing along for having the funniest fail of a title for a summer movie series. But until then, I'll catch you on the flip side. This is our interview with the Reverend Jeremy Gilmore about trauma and youth ministry. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another interview episode of the Youth Ministry Booster Podcast here with my buddy from Seminary Days. This is like having an old friend over for coffee, and I'm so excited for you all to meet him today. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the one, the only Reverend Jeremy Gilmore. Jeremy, how you doing, sir? I'm doing good, man. Doing good. Uh, Jeremy, you're here with us today all the way from North Carolina because we're going to talk a little bit about youth ministry, a little bit about seminary, and a little bit about CPE or clinical pastoral education because for a lot of us in youth ministry, we work with young people that are living in or alongside some some trouble, some trauma, some, some consequence of their own choices or consequence of other folks' choices. And so I just want to set up from the top that the things we're going to talk about today are really infused with your time in youth ministry, seminary, and CPE, because you now serve uh, as a chaplain trainer, director for, for a major hospital, right? So kind of my formal title is coordinator of clinical pastoral education here in uh, Raleigh at UNC Rex Hospital. And so doing a lot of training of how to walk with people in suffering. And like you said, when they face trauma and when all hope seems lost and somehow to, to say God might be in the midst of this and and that questioning and that kind of confusion and frustration, anger sometimes, training people how to walk through that and walking through it myself. So, yeah, that all that sounds good. And youth ministry on top of that and how all this works together. It's right in the fat middle of it, right? That's right. Yeah, my goodness. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. so that's, that's where I want to start, because I met you at seminary because we were both doing youth ministry. And I think for a lot of folks, we always want to know the call story, or for, because we're both we're both nerds, the origin story, right? Like, how, how did the superhero end up oh, on, on the X-Men? Like, how, how in the world did you get the superpowers? So, like, I mean, you're a talented musician, smart guy. Like, wh- why youth ministry? You could have done probably a lot of other things. Why in the world would you be doing youth ministry? Yeah, well, I started you. I've been in ministry now for about 15 years. And, and when I started, so 15 years ago, I was like a early 20s. Yeah. And so when I started, I'm ministering basically to my peers. Um, my call kind of happened in a in this, I feel like a biblical way where I was attending a Bible study. And one day the, the person who was teaching the Bible study had gotten called to a church. He's Baptist. I'm Baptist. You're Baptist. And so um, another connection we have. That's right. But he got... Yeah, yeah. So he got called to a church, and when he got called to the church, the Bible study was going to stop. And so we had this moment in the Bible study where everybody looked around at one another and said, "What are we going to do?" I'm not a minister. I'm not. Yeah, that one. I'm, I'm like another college student attending this Bible study, and I slipped my hand up, and I was like, "I can do it." Okay, Zach. I'm never, you know, taught anything like this. Like I've never taught anything. So I was just like, I can do it. You know, it, it felt like that, that, you know, kind of send me, mm. you know, you I'm know, here, here I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Here, I'm here. Yeah. Just flip the words, right. I'm here. Send me. Um, and so I started teaching then and now I'm teaching to my peers, uh, folks, young adults, early twenties. And the big moment in, uh, in youth ministry for me happened when that Bible study, we created a youth and young adult conference. We created the citywide conference we brought teenagers and college students together across church lines and denominational lines. Uh, it was called the I Want God Conference. Mm-hmm. And we did this for about four or five years, um, incorporated it, 501c3. I mean, it just like the thing just became, took on a life of its own. And that was my like entree into youth ministry. And so mm-hmm. now I'm ministering to high school students. Uh, in a kind of major way, in a corporate way. Um, and then I went to seminary, went to Duke. You know, for all of its rigor, does not have an intentional focus on youth ministry. You you got to really know. That's right. Yeah. I mean, you got to go to that restaurant knowing, like, <laughs> asking for the stuff off menu. It's off. That's right. It's <laughs> off menu. Yeah. There's, yeah. Everybody that's doing youth ministry there is doing it on the sly, right? Like, it's one of yeah. those. We huddle in corners. We show up at summertime hours looking for friends. <laughs> right, right. That's right. So I'm doing that there. I'm, like, trying to feel it out. Where, you know, let me talk to the chef because right. I know you guys make this. But um, so you got to you got to do that. But what I did um experience there with these opportunities to serve in internships that put me right back into youth ministry. So I did a field ed at a Baptist church, uh, Mount Level Missionary Baptist Church in Durham. Uh, The pastor there was just a uh, really influential person. He's a Duke professor as well, and um, Dr. Turner. And so served under him and then became the youth pastor there when their youth pastor Mm -hmm. um, had to step away. So Again, slipping um, your hand up, right? Like, I'll do it. <laughs> I'll do it. I mean, and that, that's been my journey, man. So yeah. I'll do it again. Yeah. Uh, did work there. I did work at C.A. Dillon. It was a youth detention center where I went in as a chaplain intern with teenage boys who had, uh, for one reason or another, got caught up in the system. And um, that I was there for over a year. And that was really powerful, you know, ministry as well to teens. 
And then that led me to my current position where uh, a church that we have been attending, the pastor and I just developed a good relationship and he, they never had a youth pastor. And he asked me, you know, what I thought about doing it. And so again, you know, here I am, here, here am I. So that's been my experience in the ministry. There's uh, uh, mountains and valleys all through that, but you know, that's the, that's the short version. Well, I think that's one of the things too, if you want to share a little bit, uh, I mean, you, you kind of are, we talk a lot on the podcast about people that are either growing up because they had a lot of great youth ministry or because they didn't have it and they want to give it to the world. And I think one of the things to share from our friendship is, is your story of, you know, when you were a youth, there, there was a person in your life that reached out to you. And I think that was one of the things that, you know, for, for so many of us, either we grew up in a youth ministry and we're thankful for it, uh, or we were the youth that a youth ministry reached out to. <laughs> And, and that that's all it's been, Zach. And and maybe even some of what we're doing, as you said that kind of my spirit was pricked to to wonder if like even my service to youth is somehow trying to repay that back. Yeah. You know, that it's it's really like paying forward what mm. was given to me. And I was in a I was unchurched, my family didn't my mom and I were not in church together until I was being licensed as a minister. Mm. It was the first time we were ever in a church together. And so my home life was not one where we regularly attended church. But when I was a teenager, um, there was this guy at school. um, His name was Josiah. And he was just a good dude. And I was like cussing and just goofy and just like acting up. And he was not. He was just a straight, good guy. Everybody liked him. And I was like, what is it about this this dude? I got to know him, and I found out he went to church. Okay. And, and one day he invited me to church. And I was like, this is what it is. Like, it's Jesus. That's what makes him different. And I started going to that church, um, and it just changed my, my whole journey. It was a Baptist church, one of the reasons I'm Baptist today. Um, and so that, without him reaching out to me and saying, do you want to go to church? And that his father mentoring me and his father and I are still very, very close. We talk every week and his father's a minister now. And mm. so it just, that transformed my whole life, really, Zach, my whole life. Like I could go on and on and on, but like never seeing healthy or never seeing any like real marriages and like family structures um, I had been introduced. I went to vacation Bible school with some my aunt. She was really kind of trying to keep us in that stuff. But I never seen it lived out, walked out on a daily basis um, until I was a teenager. And through Josiah. Josiah. And that, that was transformative. And, and again, I love how it manifests itself as like a person in your life, right? Like it wasn't this like ambiguous force of like the church, but it was it was Josiah from church. Like and that's always the thing I think as youth ministers we talk about a lot is that you know whether it's our students or our volunteers, like they've got to see themselves as ministers of the gospel. Like they're not just there to attend the church happenings; that they go out and they bring folks back in. Like that's <laughs> that's it's the yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean ambassadors of Christ. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ambassadors of Christ is how I like heard you, and and that's what Josiah was. He never, he never said you've got to be like this. Right. You know, he just would live. He walked it out, and I was like, that looks, that looks good. Mm. Um, and I and I've walked, and I remember there were times where I knew something had changed because they wouldn't even go to church. 
and I would still call the church man to come pick me up. You know, okay. <laughs> just because I'm like, it. I got, I got to <laughs> get this. Like, it's not about them anymore. Now it's about me. Mm. And that that was that was huge. So I still, I still feel very fueled by that part of my story, and and want to be that for youth that I see, like the youth that I'm really drawn to, probably. And we're not supposed to have favorites, you know. So we have favorites, yeah. yeah. But we have favorites. <laughs> <laughs> the youth that I'm drawn to are the ones who are like on the periphery. <laughs> And are quote unquote not supposed to be there. Yeah. And those those youth who who can see themselves in a different light, who can feel the love of God and the love of community, man, that just mm. that that really like gets me going and energizes me. Well, speaking of energy, uh, you can't serve in youth ministry for 15 years and not have some favorite moments. So whether it's the, the favorite silliest or the favorite serious, like what, what is like, what's the thing that you hold on to that you're like this, this is why we do the thing. Like, like yeah, when, yeah. when the nights, nice, when the nights nice that come that you don't want to be a part of it, what are some of the things you think back on and go, but yeah, but this happened. But this, that the, I won't got conference stuff that we did. That yeah. was, that was like so fun. We did it every year. We have a worship we have workshops, a service event, and worship. Mm. And one of the years, I remember we did this thing called, we call a service gauntlet. Back in the day, MTV had the show, like the gauntlet. Yeah, thing. the teams like head to head and the, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we did a community service gauntlet where you had to do community service events and the competition. Um, and that was, that was just really memorable and real fun. Mm. And we used to do a concert to close every year that was like just off the charts just energy. lights out fun oh, yeah. man. so much fun so much work to make it happen and it was awesome there's a couple other ones I want to name um, we do a we did a lock-in at my level every year and one year I was like at the lock-in I want us to have a talent show at midnight okay <laughs> I have a talent show at midnight and I said and I want I had this vision in my head I was like I want smoke at the talent show okay like, I don't know how we're going to do this <laughs> I want smoke. I want smoke. We got to make smoke happen. So I started sharing this with the team. And um, one of our our, uh, men in the church, he done like DJing and parties and stuff. So we had this whole smoke machine and we did smoke. We had a a talent show with smoke all night. Oh, the smoke everywhere. People were just coming out of it just to like... (laughs) Like a rest, you know, like wrestlers coming out. Right, right. right. Big entrance for the the midnight talent show. (laughs) It was all this fun. Oh, so much. So, so that, and then the final one. Um, this is like a combination of fun and really personal and meaningful. Is I love rap music. Yeah. And some of the work and just just my growing up, like rap was what I listened to before I knew hymns. You know, mm. and those were my hymns. And so, um, I wanted to rap during. A message, like I was like, I gotta rap during a sermon. Like, 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 like for students or like the whole church, like big church, the whole church. The whole church. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, the whole church. Like, all I, I think all church. of us have that moment of like, yeah, the kids won't care, but big church. Okay, but the big church. Okay, yeah, yeah. Big church. Like, let's do it. Uh, but it was a youth church, youth Sunday. So they, at our church at Monument of Faith, they give the the youth the like, it's your service. Okay. So do with it, you know, within parameters, but it's yours to, you know, uh, frame. And so I was like, I want to preach and I want to rap during the sermon. I was scared to death. And so I planned all this stuff. Uh, we prepared with the mute, with the band and everything. I was going to do a song. 
we had a guest choir coming from UNC, and uh, we did chance the rappers' um, blessings for the whole church. Think, okay. Yeah, for the whole church. I think you I mean you've heard me. I think I've done that. You yeah. Know, yeah. Well, I, I know. I, I mean, you, I've, I've caught you. I've caught you rhyming every once in a while, but, but you did the full out with the choir and everything, like the whole, whole thing. the whole the bit. Band, okay. The okay. choir. We just made it big. <laughs> oh, it was it was crazy. It was awesome. That's awesome. It was awesome. And then at the end of it, the what was so meaningful, and the reason this is always a powerful moment to me, and will always be, is after that, during the invitation, my daughter came forward to mm. accept Christ. Mm. And um, she was seven, I think. Mm. And it just, I mean, even now, I, 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 you know, you could push me over right now, like with your just pinky. Done. Just I mean, done. It's just done. <laughs> So what Youth Sunday with Chance the Rapper and the full backup choir, and then for your daughter, like that was that was the decision moment, the decision point. And that was that's powerful. That that I mean, what else do you? That's it. You're done. That's that, it. That, that, that's done. Yeah, uh, retire. Done. Like that's this is this is the best Youth Sunday <laughs> service we're gonna have here. I'm yeah. done. I, I can't top it. So we're gonna leave. We're gonna leave on that note. Right. Let's, Let's all go home. It's <laughs> funny. Go home. That's it. Let's all go home. We're done. Yeah, when, when, when she comes up at the end, I'm a parent, but I'm also an administrator. I'm a the past youth pastor. Yeah. So I'm standing there and I'm supposed to say words to her, but I can't talk. Just done. I can't. I'm just, it's over. <laughs> so that's like the pinnacle to me of, mm. of the, and I can't, if I kind of take away the, my daughter part of it, which is really, 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 really hard to do. There's something too about like the fact that she came on the Sunday that I rapped. Yeah. Because she heard us sing me and her mom, you know, rapping this stuff in the all house. All the time. Yeah. All the time. She, like this is her gospel mm-hmm. alongside the hymns. Yeah, and so when she heard that, it moved her spiritually. And um, man, that's just—I think that's that's to me from kind of what youth ministry can be mm-hmm. at its like apex. It's this way of taking what young people value and really ministering to their hearts. But we know, friend, that it's not always good. And I, I think I think I'd love to hear because I don't actually know the answer to this question. Uh, okay. what, what was what was maybe a night that uh, whether it was something happening at church or a lock in gone wrong that yeah. you were like, I'm done. This is it. It's been a fun ride, but I don't need this anymore. Like, what 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 was the thing that happened? Maybe what caused it to get you thinking that way? Maybe there was more than one night, but I think for all of us, there probably is a particular night or two that stands out as like this. We're good. There's other things that I can do. Yeah, I, I had a moment where uh, this is where I'm at at my level Baptist Church, and we're going to Baltimore to take kids on a college tour, okay. slash just like D.C. sightseeing kind of thing. So we took them, um, and we visited some churches, and um, you know, I don't know if you know Brandon Hudson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we're urban homeless. Yeah, <laughs> shopping them out. Um, he was doing some ministry up there, so we connected with them too. And when we were there, the kids that were that went didn't know me well. And I didn't know them well because I'm an intern. Yeah. So I'm going up with the kids and there's about three of them that just like they were giving me hell, you know, the whole weekend. Mm. Just like they weren't feeling me and I wasn't feeling I, we just were not vibing. And they were the kids who caused the most problems. The kids who didn't come regularly just showed up on the trip. You know, every you had I've been in ministry with you recently to know that like we all have those kids who not really involved but they come to the events 
Mm. And so that that was this group, and they were like pushing me the whole weekend. We got we got on the uh, bus to come back, and th- they were just being disrespectful, and I couldn't take it anymore. And I'm like shaking, and I, I looked, I turned around to face them, and was like, "Y'all have been disrespectful all weekend, and you just don't understand." Like we kind of parenthetically, the part of Baltimore we were in was the part where they filmed The Wire. Oh, okay, okay. So it, it's like, I mean, this is the hood, but this is also dangerous. Yeah, like, yeah. This, like, you don't play around here. Right, And right. they're walking through the neighborhood, like, shouting and, like, you know, going, ooh, ooh and all this, yeah, like, yeah. oh, and kid, and yeah. yeah. <laughs> just kid stuff. But I'm, you know, from where I'm from and just knowing some things, you don't play in those communities. No. And so this is not what you do. So I, you know, I put the other parentheses on there. So all that said, I'm frustrated with them because they could have gotten us hurt and they just don't get their privilege and they just don't understand what's going on. So I said that to them, but I'm shaking. Zach, like literally my body is shaking. My voice is shaking. I'm almost in tears. Like I can barely talk. And I just tell them they've been disrespectful and how dare they do this. They don't get it. Then I turn back around and sit in the, in, on the bus ride like, we still got three hours left. And they're just, they just come for me. I mean, they don't touch me, but they're just like, he's this and he's that. And, and I got to listen to it for three hours. That was real hard. I was like crying, almost, you know, just felt like, man, I'm not a bad person. I felt like I stood up for something that was right. But these kids, they don't like me. Mm. And maybe this is not, maybe I can't do this kind of work. Maybe I can't reach this kind of kid. That that was really painful. And that, that was a moment where I could have been, I could have been done, you know. And, yeah, so I'll, there's a couple other ones too, but that one stands out the That's most. Just being done because of the kids, just the disrespect and the not understanding and the. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and do they get me, you know, because. Yeah. To reach the one that's that's struggling, maybe they don't. You know, if you if you've been been to school or you've had some opportunities or you know, like maybe I'm not the person to reach them. Maybe it's got to be somebody else. Yeah. And that's I think that's a real like identity question, right? Like I think for a lot of people that are youth ministers, like there comes that point where you're like, I mean, I think sometimes it manifests itself as like, well, I'm not relevant enough or I'm not cool enough or young enough. But I think at the end of the day, the question you're asking is, is the one that, that you asked that night of like, am I the one to reach these students? And that's, that's a powerful question. I mean, again, in the same way that the one who called you to the ministry um, puts that call on your life, I think the question can rub right against that in a way that makes you feel like, you know, mm-hmm. is this even, are we even answering the right question? So, yeah. And that, that, it could be healthy too, you know. That at that time for me, it felt really, I felt really ashamed and really unfit. But it could be healthy too. One um, student that I work with here, we were in a youth ministry meeting, and he asked me. He said, "Could we have a youth minister that's like closer to our age?" You know, I'm like 34. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, like that. How, what? I'm, I'm still young. I got lots <laughs> of life left, man. <laughs> I got it, man. Look at these Jordans. Right, right. <laughs> no, it's, I mean, you, listen, that, for the kids today, man, if you're 24-year-old, I guess, yeah, it's nuts. Yeah, it's nuts. And, and that question of the relevance and the coolness and, 
you know, and in that way it was helpful because he was asking for something that he wasn't getting. So I was like, let me start incorporate college students and younger folks yeah. along with me. But um, at other times, it, it's been really painful to be like, I'm not, you know, I'm not the one. Mm. And that's in the same way when I raised my hand 15 years ago. Sometimes when I raise my hand now, people don't want to see that hand. Like, sit down, you know, mm. we need somebody else, not you. Okay, so you, you, you are a thoughtful friend, and I always appreciate this about you. Um, so one of the things that we always ask youth ministry friends is, is your after nine question. So whether it's a Sunday night or Wednesday night, midweek, whenever you're kind of done with youth programming for the day, there is that moment. There's always that moment for every youth minister where you're like, it's done. And all of that like energy and relational expense has just been exerted out of you. Where do you go? What do you do? We have some friends that go get milkshakes. We have some friends that like just sit quietly. Some people call their mom immediately after. Like, <laughs> where does where does Reverend Jeremy Gilmore go? Like after after at the um, end of the night when it's over and it's like okay, yeah. I, I now I can breathe and I can pause. Now I can eat a milkshake. Like where where do you go? Yeah, I've started to to have moments of silence right afterwards, and I and I I've had to covenant really with Ashley, my wife, to ask for like after I present something or after I'm doing a, just being really invested in ministry, whether it's preaching or leading something, to have 30 minutes after to just be alone. Just, yeah. Or or I could be with her, but where we're not having to do a lot of reflecting yet. And the reason being is for me, Zach, and I, you know, I've, I've talked about this to people um, I always ask myself the questions like, was I good enough? And, and did I offend somebody? So I, I'm, I'm a terrible self, like critical person. And I, mm-hmm. I, I go back over the transcript in my head and I always pick out the piece that I like messed up or, or, or I probably, or probably hurt somebody. Um, and I get very self critical. And so what I started to find out was that like, after messages or after events, I would come home and talk to myself. Mm. Negative talk. Like, Jeremy, you, you know, you're stupid. Or how, how'd you do this? Or nobody likes you. or the, I mean, just this weird, unhealthy stuff. And Ashley, uh, my wife, she's a, um, fam, you know, she's a counselor and uh, therapist. And so she was like, Jeremy, I really think you need to talk to somebody. Um, and so... What I've done, I had known this through CPE work, but most, well, ministry is just like, there's a lot of, of us who are just messed up mentally. Mm. And we're just struggling with our own, like, this performance anxiety, and we're always in front. You always got to be on. You always got to be perfect. And most ministers who commit suicide actually do it before Sunday morning. Mm. So I've known this stuff, like, you know, in a headway, but I was starting to experience it. And she was like, Jeremy, I think you really need to, to find somebody to talk to. So I started uh, regularly this year seeing a therapist um, monthly. Mm. And that's that's been a blessing. Like, the first time we met, I felt better. Mm. I was like, I can do it. It's not going to be perfect. I'm, you know, I am going to, it is going to, something is going to go wrong. But I can get back up again. Mm. And, and I'm not terrible. I'm not a bad person. Um, so I've that's been like my kind of after nine in, in terms of just what I don't talk about much yeah 
it's a struggle for me. And I and I feel like a pretty competent person in ministry. Yeah. You know, I feel like I know what I'm doing. I'm, I'm I care. I'm serious. I prepare. But those those voices, man, they they're loud and their their mics are in HD. Mm. And and uh, and I've needed some help, like turning those down. Well, and I guess maybe that's something that kind of leads into this question. Like, do you think that's something you can only learn after being in ministry for a while? Like, do you feel like that's that's like part of being in ministry for more than just those few years? And do you, do you or, or maybe even ask it this way: Do you think for a lot of people that only do ministry or youth ministry in particular for two, three, four years, it's because they can't find a way? to either turn down those voices or like, you know, refute those voices when they speak out. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's that there, there, these are anecdotal, like people talk about this stuff, but I don't know what the stats are. You might know that, you know, if you can survive ministry for five years, you'll probably be okay. Yeah. You okay. Know, yeah. You know, that's yeah. first five years kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I've heard that. And I think it's, I do think a lot of it is that there's so much judgment Mm. Self-judgment, communal judgment, and then maybe some this feelings of like God judgment mm. on what we do and how we how we act. And you know, why why continue being in that world? Like I'd rather step away. And so I do think there's a there's a piece of um each of us who just decides, you know what, it's better for me to just work in corporate America or go get the the degree as a teacher or and that, and those things are you know shout out to Karen like those things are beautiful and yeah, they are yeah. they are ministry but I'm not going to put myself in this church role where I have to go home and beat myself up every day maybe be, you know abuse substances abuse people like all these things are just wrapped up in in this kind of self judgment mm. uh, you know cycle mm. Okay, so tell me, tell me how that gets us to the CPE stuff. That's one of the things that I think is no coincidence, and I think knowing your story helps trace some of the lines to that. But from youth ministry and youth ministry and seminary to doing some CPE stuff while we're at seminary, like I mean, that's pretty much your full time gig now is is working at at the Rex Hospital and then helping to coordinate and train these folks that are coming through to learn how to do that. Uh, maybe share a little bit, kind of give some like groundwork for what CPE is, and then what what are some of the things that you think matter about it for youth ministry? Mm-hmm. Yes, so, so CPE is you know, one more time, clinical pastoral education is is this training and education for clergy or lay folks on how to be a chaplain in a clinical setting. And that's different. What what we often see is that ministers approach church, approach ministry in clinical settings like a hospital or a prison the same way they would a church. Okay. That I'm here to pray for you. I have the answers for you. If we read these scriptures, sing these songs, do X, Y, Z, you'll be healed. Hmm. And what people in hospitals know, chaplains and other providers, they know like you coming in and singing a song doesn't make it all better. Hmm. And really these people need somebody who can sit with them and what, what one theorist calls the grim abyss, um, like the dark places, the hard places and, and not run away from it, but to stay there. And, and that's a real paradigm shift for lots of ministers. They they come in 
so often we get people who come in as an intern and they say, I'm here because I want to help people. Mm. And, and by the end, you know, by the end, they realize that the person who needed the most help was themselves. And so CPE does a lot of work on an individual understanding their identity, their personal story, how that informs their ministry, and then how that personal story shows up in the room when they're with a patient or a parishioner. And so we do a lot of self-work. We do a lot of self-reflection. And and ultimately, this is where the connection has been to me and youth ministry, is ultimately, there's, there's like, can you keep it real with people? Mm. Can you keep it real? I mean, when somebody is, if, if somebody is having a limb amputated, yeah. they probably are going to scream a cuss word. I mean, I'm just saying, I work at a VA, I work at a VA hospital, and I've seen this happen. And they're going to want to scream a cuss word. And if your, like, sensibilities are such that, you know, how offended, (laughs) oh my goodness, how dare, you know, they should never say that, you know, darn. (laughs) And it's like, shoot. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, no, but where, where has your theology been shaped, your story been shaped to where you feel like, if I'm only using these kind of words, this is the only way God can hear me and meet me at my pain. Mm. And so maybe you can hear the person say something other than shoot, and you can stay in that grim abyss of pain with them. Uh, that's one kind of example of that, but also like, how do I walk with somebody in death mm. and, and dying and see somebody who's a young person who's been shot and killed or who's OD. We see a lot of that now, mm. you know, with, opioid and even before that with cocaine and heroin and mm. um, how do I like minister to a young person when there's there's no praise and worship song for that yeah. there's not uh, it really requires somebody who knows himself well enough to not get in the way of somebody else's pain um, so that that's that's a lot of the work that I do there's levels of that we start out with kind of internship just who am I? And for a lot of people, it's just like a rude awakening. Um, but then we kind of dig deeper as you continue. Can you say a little more, or, or, or um, as, as as you've taught me to say, make it make it plain for the idea of uh, not getting in the way? Because I feel like that's probably a place for us to to kind of wrap up some of this conversation for youth ministry is I think there's a lot of youth pastors listening that would say things like, I want to help. I signed up to do this to help. Like I'm here to help. I'm, I'm showing up because there's kids that need me. And, and after listening to you share this a little bit to tonight, like I, I hear you say the best way to help is to be there and not get in the way. And I think maybe help kind of make that plain for people that are listening right now. Yeah. One of my colleagues, the way he says it is he says that all of us, get into ministry to meet our own needs. That the, the reason we're here, and, and actually in our conversation that we had, mm-hmm. I talked about how the reason I think I'm still in youth ministry is because of the people who minister to me and how my favorites are the ones who are like me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all of us are meeting our own needs, whether that's like I wasn't loved as much in my family or I want to perform for my family or I want to be just like my family. A lot of that stuff is from our own stories. And so the more we get in touch with those, we can know that, okay, when I walk into a room of this um, really like powerful man, he resembles my father. Mm. And so I might try to perform for him. 
or I might feel really ashamed and get really quiet with him. And I know now with some exposure to CPE, I know that that's a part of me, not a part of them. So how do I like bracket that? How do I say, what does this person need and not necessarily what do I need from this conversation? And that's where we can, to, like you said, get out of the way of, of other people's story and other people's ministry. We all get into this for ourselves. Mm. We we're here for, for ourselves for, to save our own souls. That's what Paul says. I mean, work on our own soul salvation. And on the way of doing that, we happen to bump up against other people. Um, so how can I, the more I know about myself, I start to know what's mine and what's yours. And maybe that's really what ministry is. It's, and I'm kind of preaching here, but Jesus, you know, coming back and seeing the guy, what is it, the, the yeah. road to Emmaus and, and seeing them there and saying, let me just expose something to you and then let me get out of the way. Yeah. Um, that's ministry. Mm. Well, Jeremy, I'm super excited for our folks that are listening. Uh, August 27th, uh, Jeremy and I are going to have a longer conversation about trauma, youth ministry, and what it means to stay informed. Uh, Jeremy, if folks want to connect with you a little bit more, uh, either on the internets or the emails or the social Man. medias, what's the best place for them to find you online? Social needs. The yeah, social needs. Needs. <laughs> So I'm uh, on Facebook at Jeremy Gilmore. You know, just my name. But it's not an ad on Facebook. Y'all know that. <laughs> and uh, on Instagram at Jeremy A. Gilmore. Okay. And then I write I write a blog that um that I you know kind of keep up with period you know with thoughts on music and life and spirituality and it's called Faith Travels. Okay. So FaithTravels.blogspot.com. So you can check me out there and. Yeah, love to connect, love to, to talk more. The, these conversations are helpful. I feel mm. like it's really helpful for me and other people just to know we're not alone. So, And thank y'all, Zach. Thank y'all for doing yeah, this. Absolutely. So, yeah. All right. Well, thank y'all for listening, and uh, we'll catch you next time. There you go. That's the interview with Jeremy. Catch the live webinar August 27th on the Youth Ministry Booster Network. You can sign up at youthministrybooster.com for a two-week free trial. If you're not a member, if you are a member, we'll see you there. And we're excited to have him share more with our folks about that. Ask questions to him. It's a live thing. It's happening. You can be involved. If you haven't yet, check down below youthmen.org's competition for the Amazon gift card for Funny Fail Summer Series. It's going to be a blast. Upside down. And I'm going to show you.